Welcome to Death Holler. Do you like scary movies? Welcome to Season 3. Slash or pass. There will be laughter. <laughs> tears. <laughs> tender moments. Jeez. Jeez. My special, special boy. But most of all, screams. Remember, when you're in Death Holler, listener discretion is always advised. We hope you have a killer time. What's happening? Um, lots of lots of scary things. It's spooky Did, season. Um, we haven't discussed this yet, and we've mentioned it several times, at least amongst each other. Have you seen the new spec map for uh, Halloween Horror Nights <laughs> for this year? It's so funny that you mentioned that because I was gonna say before we started recording, hey, should we talk about HHN? But it's kind of like. Yes, I've seen it. One, that's to answer your question. Yes, I have seen it. But two, it's like right now it's like things are just kind of moving around locations and they added what? Stranger Things for? Yes. Is that okay? This is just speculation though. It's speculation, but it's been speculation okay. for a while and it on the previous spec maps cuz HHN or HH nightmares or however they they say themselves they're the ones that are almost completely spot on when it gets about this time in the season. They're the most respected of the spec map groups. And they have had a question mark in place of Stranger Things up until this point. So for them to come out right and say Stranger Things 4, I feel like it's it's a lock at this point. So. Yeah, and I, I feel like from what I've heard from you and from people on the Tiki Tack is that whoever is putting these speculation maps has a pretty good stronghold on steering, you know, or piquing the interest and actually potentially making things happen, or maybe they have a little bit more knowledge behind the, the scenes. Th the theory is they either know or they are people who are involved with HHN, and they they leak things throughout the season. Like, I mean, the, the overall theory, because I go to a couple of different sites, the Inside Universal Forums has a few people who have links to these, to the people who are on the teams, and basically they get snippets is what it is. So, like, they'll be talking to somebody because even Universal even keeps it secret or tries to amongst the people in their crews. Yeah. But uh, basically, like, they'll be walking, like, while they're working on stuff, they're like, you know what, this new, like, one that we're doing has, like, has a lot of stuff that looks like Stranger Things. I mean, there's, like, all these, you know, like, weird, like, tentacle vines or, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. So it's, like, they, they, that's how they come up with them. And that's why they change because, um, 
at least for Orlando, Demon Slayer has officially changed to just an image of some pine trees and some slash marks. Okay. And there's multiple thoughts about what that means, but the one that I've heard that makes the most sense, if you combine the, I mean, because Exorcist is supposed to be its own thing and it's not the Demon Slayer part that they were yeah. talking about. There's been rumors up to this point about a skunk ape in Orlando and like people laughed at it and said, are they really doing that? But they also had early on in the season one called Japanese Monsters. And now the people in the Inside Universal Forums are b linking those both together. And they think that it's like a Japanese cryptid oh. original house that involves like the Japanese version of, of Bigfoot, basically. And that's why they heard, they thought Skunk Ape, they thought Japanese Monsters. It's actually both. Ew, okay. So. That's, I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> Um, one that I'm really looking forward to down there, though, that's been a lot or been on every single map is uh, Robert Johnson's Crossroads. So that whole story about how he sold his soul to become like famous for the blues or whatever, they're going to have a house dedicated to that. That sounds fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you remember that episode of Supernatural that they had about that, but, you know. Well, I mean, yeah, I w as soon as you said Crossroads, I immediately went to a Supernatural. Yeah, but that's that's where all that comes from. That's if listen to Rain Man. That's why Mike always played that the beginning intro to that song. I went down to the crossroads because yeah. Robert Johnson's like story about how he sold his soul to a crossroads demon, or, or you know, is like one of the most famous in music history. And now they're making a house out of it. So that would be sick. <laughs> I have what I'm assuming this is. This looks like the um, Hollywood one um, because I see the Terra Tram. So Terra Tram celebrities, and right off the bat, what comes to my mind is the weekend, because he had his his whole house was walking through basically like people with the uh, Hollywood basically trying to be you know um, I don't know something that they're not the plastic surgery all that shit everyone yeah. morphing into the same all person. Also kind of hinting at the darker conspiracy theories about Hollywood and how they, you know, there, there, there's some stuff out there about what goes on behind the scenes and stuff. Yeah. And he, he plays into that in his music, so. You know what's so funny is that the girls next door, they, they love horror stuff like us. They didn't understand that house. And I'm like, of course you wouldn't. You are one of them. <laughs> one of well, us. One of us. <laughs> weeble wobble. <laughs> Oh, hey, I just thought about something. That technically should be another one we'll have to add. The human horror is going to be loaded, but Freaks is one of the like biggest human horror movies that ever existed, if you think about it. Like, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, these carnival, you know, uh, freaks or whatever that are made fun of, and they eventually just turn crazy at the end of it. I mean, that's that's about as human horror as you can get. Yeah. So. Um, okay, so moving on, Monsters in Paris. I'm kind of, I'm kind of excited for that one. Not gonna lie, I, I'm, I'm excited about it because it's it. The th the rumors are it's going to be like maybe Quasimodo, the Hunchback. It's also going nice. to for sure. It's going to be the Phantom of the Opera. So there's going to be a lot of good music in <gasps> oh, there. So. Nice, nice classical horror, gothicy horror. Um, yeah. Chucky. I'm not, I'm not like crazy excited about it. It's the and the rumors that it's going to be based on the TV show. So oh, I don't yeah. know. Well, the TV uh, show. Okay, the TV show is good for uh, horror comedy, kind of. Yeah. Well, and some, some of the later, 
some later movies are too. I yeah. Mean, when you start talking that's about true. like Bride and all that, which we're going to discover here soon because that's after this episode. That's the next thing we'll cover is Child's Play. So, but um, yeah, it's I'm not I'm not banking on that house being the best. If mm-hmm. it's fun, that then I'll then that's all I can hope for with it. Yeah. So. Well, one thing we can be sure of is La Arena will get scared. I mean, it's going to happen. It's just, that's just my life. Um, Megan, the roaming horde. Yeah. So the, uh, that goes back. There's rumors been since the beginning of the season, they were hiring women in particular that all had similar traits. They were all like short. Mm -hmm. They were, and preferably blonde. And a lot of people were speculating. It's like they're doing a Megan house. Yeah. And for the longest time, they thought it was going to be Blumhouse, you know, with, with Megan and maybe insidious. But that's dropped off the speculation map, so it's not necessarily a house, but it looks like it's just going to be a roaming horde of, like, you know, Megan's, Megan's. going around. Interesting. So that's kind of cool. Okay. This one, I, I like this idea, only because we, you, when we had season passes to, like, um, Six Flags, they Six Flags has some of the best holiday experiences uh, for the for the actual holidays, they they make it feel like it's winter out there. Um, they get you hot cocoa. They got the best Santa experience. This one is holidays in hell. Yeah, somebody mentioned. I think that Hollywood has had that as a house before, <clears throat> so now it's going to be a scare zone. Or, okay. or, and they said it was a pretty good house, so that that could be pretty good. Now to counter that, Orlando uh, is been pretty similar to what you've been saying so i've not really you know spoke any different yeah orlando was supposed to have that on earlier maps but they have changed it to just these devil looking horns uh-huh. that look suspiciously like krampus's horns Ooh, yeah so orlando could be getting krampus instead now this looks like a house this is in the back lot uh they're keeping the exorcist which uh, I've, I've heard some complaints about that yeah, and it looks the the image that they're using for for HH Nightmares is not the new Exorcist that's coming out this year. That's actually the logo for the original. Okay, and yeah, that's what they had last year, and it's like it's it's yeah. good, but again, yeah, it, I'm surprised, but but Hollywood's getting Evil Dead Rise according to that. I so, did say I yes, mean, that was going to be one of the well, that's one of the last ones I was going to go over, but because it's at the bottom on the bottom left of the map, and I started from the right. But yes, Evil Dead Rise allegedly, which would be legit, and right next to that is a picture of a owl, some kind of. It looks like an eagle, but it's got the face of an owl. I don't know what that is. It. It, that makes me think that that is that a house that you're talking about? Yeah, it's a house right next to where the Evil Dead Rise house is supposed to be. So I, I don't know for sure, but that that is a symbol that is usually associated with um, basically Hollywood Horror Nights version of they're they're like the investigators that investigate all like the weird happenings that, that in their lore or whatever. So it's basically like they're. Uh, X-Files for, you know, HHN. Like, I mean, there's like a detective, you know, Boris that, that goes around and, and he, you know, discovers like the, the stories behind a lot of these like icons and all that. So that could be Hollywood's version of that. I don't know. Yeah. But that's yeah. what I'm thinking. Um, so yeah, we'll see about that one. Um, it's nice to see a lot of different things. The Death Eaters in the Harry Potter world, they were okay. Uh, that that was a scare zone. I think 
I think that's neat that they're adding it to Orlando because the thing is, and I, and I still don't know if I believe it until I see it. There has been uh, JK would not allow them to do anything in Diagon Alley at, in Orlando while HHN was going on. If they put Death Eaters in there, that is the first time they've ever used that space for anything other than a rest zone. Oh, that, okay. I mean, period. Yeah, well, I mean, that's funny. That's where the Death Eaters are at in Hollywood is they're in the rest zone. Yeah, so, I mean, that normally people just duck in there if they don't, if they're like overexcited or scared from the event <laughs> or they just want like a cool place because Nocturne Alley has like this great AC that blasts. So, yeah. they just want to cool down a bit. And it's real quiet, so you can kind of duck out and get away from the crowds. With the Death Eaters running around, that's going to change things a lot. Um, yeah, Orlando. and I'll tell you what. So, like, HHN is pretty, like, they're pretty cool with my kids. They're like, okay, let's scare the shit out of them. But let's also, like, let's give them their money's worth, but let's not let's make them want to come back. So they usually go pretty easy. The Death Eaters, for certain, did not go easy on my kids. They chased the fuck out of them, which was hilarious. <laughs> um, and it's dark over there. It is dark, so you will lose your fucking kids. Um, and I loved it. I was all about it. I'm like, you guys got phones. You know how to call me if you get lost. <laughs> you can catch me getting a butter beer over in the corner. Now, I didn't look at or, uh, at Hollywood. Are they getting The Last of Us? Yes, Last of Us is on there as well. It, well, that's confirmed for sure. And then Stranger Things is not too far away uh, from that. So... The Last of Us is based on the video game, and there's several ideas why that is instead of the Pedro Pascal, you know, uh, HBO series. Mainly it's because Warner Brothers are always dicks when it comes to working with Universal for HHN, and they have several times, Evil Dead Rise being an instance of that, pulled the rights to use their properties. So to hedge their bets this year, because they've really wanted The Last of Us for a long time, they just went straight to Naughty Dog and said, can we use the video game version of it? Oh, like, shit. Sure. So they don't have to worry about it being pulled. It, that's why they went ahead and confirmed it first. Okay, so. and that that's awesome because I mean, fuck off. Let us let the, us have what we want. Well, uh, and the video game's better. So okay, and <laughs> two, uh, let me add. Can you imagine if you have an actor in there that resembles Pedro Pascal in any way right now in this in these times in this economy? <laughs> it, it's not. I mean, like I'm not. I don't think he's insanely handsome. I don't know what the appeal is. That women are just like, oh my god, Pedro. I- I'm not saying he's it's disgusting. Even, it's even worse than that. He, they're calling him daddy now. Oh my god, poor, and he doesn't like it. FYI. Uh, I don't. Ha- th- are you sure about? Because I thought he responded back and said, if that's what they want to call me, but I think it's kind of weird. I thought it's what he said about it. Um, you know, he started with that, and then it started. I think the fans are getting a little frantic. Like, did you hear what happened recently about him getting chased into a fucking like? I think it was an ocean. Uh, where no, he was, I, I didn't hear that. Yeah, one of the fans, uh, well, she posted on TikTok, she just wanted two minutes of his time, or I don't know, some crazy like 23 seconds of his time to take a picture or whatever, but allegedly she chased him into the fucking water, and I think the girls are getting a little wild now. Can you imagine if a man had done that to an actress? You know? Oh, it'd been ridiculous. So funny thing is that has a little bit of synergy with our episode because Pedro Pascal was in an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer oh my God. with Sarah Michelle yes! Geller. I remember like, that TikTok. Like two minutes. Oh my god. And he looks so goofy back in the day before I yeah. mean he's had a it, regardless of the fact that he I mean, I agree with you. I don't I don't see what it, he's not classically, you know, attractive as or handsome as far as like a man goes in Hollywood, you know. Uh, Hollywood star that you would think of, 
but he has had a glow up of yes. sorts because oh, yeah. he looks way better now than he did back in the, back on that episode. So. Yeah, and and good for him. I do feel bad for him. He has expressed a couple times like he tries to go with the flow of the daddy jokes and everything, but then like now I think women are getting a little bit too rabid and he's not <laughs> he's not enjoying it and guys honestly don't get the same respect as women. When it comes to, like, women think they could just freely do crazy things out on the street, and we do. We get a lot more leeway than a man actually would, and I kind of feel for him. That even applies to, like, strippers, though, right? Like, male strippers, like, I mean, there's stories of, like, women just even going and doing the deed, like, right there on stage with them, whereas, like, you know, when it comes to the opposite of that, it's, like, no touch unless the champagne room, and even then, there's rules, and, like, you know, it's, it's completely... Like, I mean, if it's male strippers, it, it's anything goes, basically. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because, well, I mean, obviously there's going to be some straight male strippers, but the majority of them are gay. And <laughs> can you imagine, like, a, a gay man? That's like a woman jumping on top of on stage with a female stripper. She's probably going to be more happy of a woman than a guy, but still. And her getting extremely sexual. And the female stripper just not being into it, you know? She's got to be nice, you know? But I don't a know, gay the stripper. Is the female strippers are, you know, they, they like the women better than the guys. Uh, I have heard that, yes. Uh, like, I don't know. <laughs> Usually the women don't go rabid over the female strippers. We're just up uh, there. There is that, yeah. You know, anyways. Yeah, so I'm I'm stoked for uh, HHN. Uh, we are going this year. We haven't decided if we're doing VIP, excuse me, RIP, or if we're just going to um, try to do Express. Unless we change our mind, we've already kind of went away from the RIP because the houses that they are projecting this year, I really, like me and my wife were talking about it, and we really want to see the do the daytime tours where they take and show you all the behind the scenes, like what to look for inside the house while yeah. you're going through it. And you get a lot more detail that way. And we loved it when we did it a few years back, whenever they had Wicked Growth, which had like the Pumpkin Lord and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So... We we said with well, The Last of Us, if uh, assuming that it might be one of the houses or the Stranger Things especially, let's do that because then we can actually see the houses. You know, because at night it's like that you're kind of rushing through it a little yeah. bit with the conga line. It's dark. I mean, you can't really see all the details. They point every one of them out during these tours. They, they're they amazing. Oh, they yeah, yeah, yeah. No, our tour guide was amazing. He gave us the backstory and everything. Um, we were fast-tracked to every house. So we were able to, like, it was so funny. So it's like, okay, everybody, let's have a little huddle. Let's have a little huddle. And then give us the little background. My kids were just like, can we just go in? And it's like, no, you definitely want to hear about this. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, the daytime tours are even more th- different than what you're talking Wait, about. Wait, you guys have like, daytime tours? Yeah. it's it, So that's what, that's what I'm saying. Like, you go in a select group of 10. You don't. You don't, there's nobody else around because everybody else is just enjoying the park. Yeah. You're going in there and you're seeing them with the lights up so you can actually see everything that they've done inside the house. Okay. What is that called? Because I feel like they have that. Um, I, I want to say it's just daytime tours. Like, I don't, I don't know that they really, um, have a name for it otherwise. Okay. Hold on. Cause I've heard someone, I, I, there's a group I'm in and they said something about the early, like the, I forget what it's called. It wasn't a daytime tour per se, but they like let you go in a little bit earlier. And and when I mean early, I mean way before like HHN starts. So, cause I know what we're looking at is the Universal Express, 
It's where you can get in at 2 p.m., enjoy a little bit of the park. You have express, so you can do anything express in the park. And then when HHN starts, you get to stay in the park, and then you get to go do HHN express. It is the Behind the Screams. Uh, yes! Six Haunted House Unmasking Tour, yes. Oh, my God. And I don't know that they have that in, in Hollywood, to be honest with you, which, whatever. Boo! I mean, this this tour goes even more detail what you're talking about. They don't just tell you, like, the story of, like, the whatever the house is like. I mean, they do, but, like, they'll even go so far as to tell you, like, where the props came from, uh, if there's any connections to any previous houses to look for. Yeah. Like, they go everything about these uh, these these houses. So um, we really enjoyed it a few years back whenever we went. I mean, they they really broke down the houses a lot. Yeah. Ooh, they have private RIP tour. I wish. That'd be so amazing. Yeah, if you got enough people together and you didn't have to worry about, like, any randos, it's just mm-hmm. you and, like, your friends, that would be amazing. That would be like if the Reverend and the good lady wife were coming down to California, that would never happen. But if you guys were and we're like, okay, cool, let's do this, and then we got, like, Candy to go with whatever guy she's haunting that year, you know? Because <laughs> she would be down for that. It's like, you get enough people to go in on it, you know? Yeah. So, anyways. Um, and, and the other one that they did is a scare zone that I thought was really cool um, in uh, Orlando is Vamp 69. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, nice. Uh, but what it is is uh, they've had a couple of those Vamp uh, scare zones. One uh-huh. was Vamp 55. One was Vamp 85. The last one, and, and like, the first one was, like, it was an idyllic 1950s suburb, and, like, you know, the, the milkman was out, whatever, and then <laughs> these, it turns out they were vampires, and they were ripping people's throats out. Nice. Vamp, Vamp 1985, you were at a rock concert in the 80s with a big, big hair bands, and in the middle of the stage, like, the, the singers just started getting attacked by vampires, and then they rushed out into the crowd and started, you know, attacking the audience. This year, what they're doing is uh, they're setting it in, in, at Woodstock, so they're going to have people like there's going to be a vampire Jimi Hendrix, vampire J- Janis Joplin. Oh, nice! Um, and they're not only going to do the scare zone where the vampires are roaming around, but they're going to have a stage where they're going to be performing live music. Fuck that, that yeah! That's going to be awesome. That I damn. And we were supposed to go to Orlando this year, and t- this year would have been a good year. We like. We thought we were going to owe so much in taxes, and we're like, we're not going to be able to go. It actually ended up being a good year for us, and we're just like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's – the only bad thing is is that – but the reason that they're having that stage set up is because their uh, Lagoon show that they have down there, mm-hmm. the Marathon of Mayhem that they've had in a few years past, which was amazing a few years back when they had Stranger Things and Ghostbusters and uh, the, the Marvel – I mean, the Universal Monsters – they don't have it this year because there was a hurricane that hit last year that was really bad and it, yeah. uh, it damaged a lot of their stuff. So this year has some so much. Can you imagine like the music that they could have this year? I mean, they're going to oh, have yeah. they're they're going to have the Stranger Things four with you know running up the hill. Oh you know, yeah. with uh, uh, Master of Puppets, they're going to have um, they're going to have the music from uh, that's that's iconic from the uh, the Last of Us. They're going to have Robert Johnson's I Went Down to the Crossroads. That's yeah. going to be great. I mean, it would have been the perfect year to have that Marathon of Mayhem, and they're not going to have it because, you know, the hurricane yeah. knocked it out. 
Damn. I love HHN. I mean, I don't know if it's like this for you, but like we walk in and it's just like, it's a whole different feeling. It's like rock, evil rock music playing everywhere. There is (laughs) strobe lights all over. There's fog. There's freaks all around you. And it's just so fucking fun. It's so wholesome for my family, you know? It's, I mean, yeah, I, I get it exactly. It's like if you're a fan of horror movies or Halloween, it's like you can't get any better celebration than than that. I yeah, mean, it, it, it really feels is the best. so good walking through. It's just like, yeah, I'm home, you know? This is going to be such a fun night. <laughs> These it's, people understand me. <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> Oh my god. Anyways, uh you got some uh you got some movies you wanted to talk about. I, I, yeah, I've been watching a ton of them and I'm not going to review them in detail cuz some of these uh, like I said, we've got human horror coming out the ass uh from some of the stuff I've been watching, but uh did you end up watching Insidious uh 5? No, not yet. I didn't I'm, I'm be honest with you. I didn't know it was out. I'm surprised cuz usually I'm getting um I'm getting harassed by my uh Cinemark app saying, "Hey, get tickets, get tickets." <laughs> um so I don't know. I'm going to have to ask the hubby if he wants to take the kiddos tonight or something. Uh Insidious uh Red Door uh continues the saga of of I don't even know what their last name is and I, and I hate that that I don't. But we'll the call them family, the Maitlands. Yeah. <laughs> From the original movie. Um, yeah. And it's it actually is a good wrap-up to the series in general because they bring they, they pay homage to even the movies that the family are not in um, because part three was a prequel that I think involved uh, Patrick, uh, uh, what, uh, whatever his name is, like the, the main star. Like it, it involved his like mother, like when she was younger and how she was oh, attacked yeah. by these things. And Patrick so there's Wilson. a... Yeah, Patrick Wilson. So there's a throwback to her in the movie. There, Lynn Shay does make an appearance, and they give a reason why, and it makes sense, okay. even though she died in part four, spoiler alert. Okay. Um, and, uh, and it wraps up the fact that the son, the way that they, I mean, they, they, did it a bandage on a on a open wound basically that so it really never solved the problem and and if you watch the first couple of movies with the family they they didn't resolve the problem that kept them that that was plaguing them and so in this movie they have to face it it comes back to haunt them regardless of the fact they tried to bury it and they have to face it head on yeah and it's actually it's it's got it's actually got some good scenes in it there is a scene in MRI I'm not going to spoil it but it is creepy as fuck. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's not like an MRI machine and it gives you the best uh, feeling anyways. Oh, yeah. But, but, I mean, it's even worse given the, the circumstances. But uh, I love the fact that they made the kid, Dalton, uh, who's grown up. They And they got the original people back. I mean, even the all the original kids are grown up now and they're back in the movie. Um, uh, uh, all the original actors uh, in the family are. They even got the psychologist back uh, from the the first couple of movies that helped solve the problem or put the bandage on, but, um, and gave him a scene in the movie, but they made Dalton like the a troubled youth. And because he's, he's, he never been, he's never been able to resolve what ha- that year that he's missing of his life. Yeah. And so he's became like this really extremely good artist, but his art is all dark and it's like, his mind's trying to resolve like yeah. what, you know, what happened. And that's the problem because, in the process of working through his art, he opens up, yeah. you know, the portal the that portal. leads to the problem. So, well, hey Dalton, there is a market for what you are creating. Uh, <laughs> horror fans, 
across the universe are I, interested. I'm telling you, the artwork that he was making that movie, people would pay a fortune for. I'm just saying, in the horror community, like, it is some badass stuff. I yeah. mean, it's, it's, but the only problem that I have with it, and that's my only, the only thing I'm going to say review-wise, I, there is some good scares in it. I like what they did, but it's more of a feel-good movie than the other ones in the series, and I don't know how the fans will react to it because all the other ones are way darker than this one. Um, I mean, it has its dark moments, but the way it wraps up, it's it's almost a feel-good movie. And yeah. And that, that's weird for Insidious. Um, and, and there is an after-credits scene, but I wouldn't stay for it. It's not worth wasting the, the time to sit through and listen to okay. or, or watch, in my opinion. So... Um, Which makes me I'm, want to stay and watch it now. It's like you're using reverse psychology on me. Well, I'm just saying, if you, it's one of those, if you've ever seen any of those after credit scenes where they show you something for like two seconds and then it goes away and it's yeah. like, okay, they're setting up a sequel. Wow, you know, it's like they wrapped it all up, but the they opened up the potential for it to happen again. Yeah, so big whoop, you know. Um, that's basically what it is. But it's it's like. Uh, to me, the scares are better in the original movies mm-hmm. uh, versus this one, but I liked what was in this. Okay, that's good because, I'm sorry, I can't forget the first time I've seen this movie, and I was just, like, horrified. Like, this movie, it, it it's, it's good. It's hilarious. It's hel- they know what they're doing because it's hilarious in the beginning. uh what you would call the like in old like older terms like the credit sequence where they're like when it's starting up mm-hmm. you know where they're like sh- they're showing the past movies but they're through Dalton's drawings they've hit every single moment in those movies that freaks people oh, out oh yeah and, like that I was sitting there waiting and they even drew it they had Patrick Wilson and then the the Darth Maul demon right behind yeah him. That, that one scene I will never forget because it freaked me the fuck out when I watched it because I was sitting there and I, he was telling the story about you know what he was dreaming of and then just out of nowhere that demon's right behind him and I'm like what the fuck you yeah know, like, mine was it. <laughs> um my husband was watching it with the kids god they were so little they've been those poor little kids have been tormented since they were wee children uh but hey look at them now you know anyways um and he's watching with the kids and he's like you would like this movie it's right up your alley and I'm sitting there and it's the scene that's leading up to getting, I don't know if it was Patrick Wilson that was getting into the mine or it's where the kid was and he looks up and you see the fucking demon playing the piano for that tiptoe through the tulip song. Yep. And, and that, that gets brought back in this. Too, oh, yeah. So. And so I never forgot that. Now, that was my introduction to the movie. I've watched the movie completely. I had to watch it another time because once I saw that, I was like, I don't. I don't want to do this. And the kids dreaming, I'm good. I'm so good. Thank you. <laughs> they do one thing in this movie that I love in horror movies where they there's stuff in the background that's going on that if you're paying attention, you're like, oh, fuck, it's about to go down. Yes. And the main characters, and the main characters are oblivious to it for a second. Yes. Or, or, but then they start realizing it's like, wait, they're, I, I sense something's behind me. Yeah. And, you know? They, they they do that a lot in this movie, and I appreciate that because that's I, that works for me better because it, it builds the tension because you know that there's something behind them yeah and it, it takes them a bit to get to that point. Is it was it like Bly Manor with the fucking plague doctor and every fucking shadow? No, I mean this is like um, 
there's like, I mean, this seems fairly early in the movie, so it's not really spoiling a whole lot, but they're at a funeral and Patrick Wilson's sitting in his car and he's trying to text Dalton because like their family fell apart after the second movie. That, yeah. That's what, then this whole thing is like him and he, and he's got like this brain fog and he's like, he, he's, he's forgetting things. It's getting worse. And like his marriage fell apart. He's no longer with, you know, yeah. his wife. So like he's sitting there and he's texting Dalton and in the background you see through his with this rear windshield somebody materializing. It's like they're walking up to his car and yeah. they're getting closer and closer. He never once acknowledges that they're there. And then whenever he kind of senses that there's somebody behind him, he looks around, they disappear. Son of a bitch. I don't like that. <laughs> but it's it's a lot of stuff like that. In the okay. Movie and I, and I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Um. I watched uh, Night of the Hunter for the first time. That's like an older uh, movie with uh, Robert Mitchum uh, playing. I love his character in this movie. Like, if nothing else, it's the character he plays that makes the movie. He plays this guy who is like this old-timey preacher that's traveling the roads or whatever, but he's a fucking con man. Like, And, and it's, a, it's so interesting because he fully believes that God's on his side and that God's talking to him. But he also marries these old widow or these widows. He doesn't this. He doesn't care what age they are. Yeah. To get their money, and then he kills them, and then he moves on to the next town. And he's all and he's talking to God the entire time. He's like, uh, "God, you've took care of me this point. Where are you sending me next? What widow are we taking out next? You know." Oh my god. So it's like this evil character that's like um that portrays like, and he's very like charismatic when he gets in the town too. Like he knows how to work his way in with the, the all the religious folk like he's got and it might have originated this i don't know but he's got the love and hate like tattooed on his fingers oh yeah and, like when people see him they're like preacher that's weird that you'd have something like that on your hands and he tells them a story of cain and abel oh, and God. how love and hate like fought each other and like and how love won and like he he totally seduces like everybody around him like in the believing that he's this upstanding guy when all he and then the whole the point of the movie is He's found this new widow because he was in prison uh, for a short stand. He breaks out with the widow's husband uh, as right before he's being sent to the, you know, to be, you know, uh, death sentence or whatever. And he knows that he's got, he's got a couple of kids and then he found a bunch of money, like $10,000, which back in the forties was oh, yeah. know, a lot. An insane amount so, of money. Yeah, so, and the widow thinks that the money was just disposed of. She doesn't know that the kids actually know because he, the, he made the kids swear that they would never tell where the money was at until he was back from prison. And uh, so Robert Mitchell moves in, and it's him slowly, try, I mean, threatening these kids behind the mother's back. Like, he's outright telling them, he's like, I'm going to fucking kill you, but you're going to tell me where the money's at first. Like, I mean, the whole movie is him, like, terrorizing these children, and then he turns around and, like, you know, and then the wife, when she, I mean, she marries, goes through and marries him and everything, and before she realizes that, you know, the mistake she's made, but it's too late because, I mean, he, I mean, he he destroys that family is all I'm going to say. So it's pretty dark for what it is. Um it, it's got a interesting ending. I mean, he gets his comeuppance, but like it's it's a. I mean, it's. I, I've heard people talk about how like interesting the character is in the movie, and it's really worth it just to watch him. Nineteen fifty five. It sounds hideous. <laughs> it's I, it's just it's interesting for his character. You know, whenever we watch the the Devil and Daniel Webster, like the 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 actor who played uh, Satan in that one. 
uh, it was like mainly him as the draw of the movie. It's yeah. Robert Mitchum in this. Like okay. watching him as the bad guy is the draw of the movie. Uh, effects was a interesting one from the early 80s, like made in 79, but I think maybe if it got a release was in 80. It's basically all of George Romero's buddies got together, uh, got a little bit of pocket change and made a movie, and it's a movie within a movie. Um, it's you're following these people who are making a low-budget horror film, but the director is in the snuff films, and he's secretly filming a snuff, snuff film with the, char- the actors that, they're, that are working for him without them knowing that, they're, that, he's, they're, that he's filming a snuff film. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an interesting movie. I actually enjoyed it quite a bit. It's got Tom Savini in it. It's got Joe Pilato, um, and they do a really good job, like, you know, selling that they're like this amateur film crew that gets in over their head, basically. Um, watched Blade in the Dark. Uh, that is a uh, 1970s giallo uh, about another person who's making a horror film. This time it's the guy who's like making the music for one. It's actually got some pretty good music to it, too. Uh, but like it's got this weird twist that like there's, he finds out that the house that he's staying in, uh, the previous occupant was a psychotic woman named Linda and, uh, he's being gaslit in a roundabout way because people, everybody who's, who comes into the house is killed without, you know, behind his back, he finds evidence of it. But whenever he tells people and they go and look, there's nothing there. So like they think he's fucking going insane from, you know, working on this horror film that it's getting to him when there's actually bodies stacking up all over the place because there's a real killer on the loose. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then finally I watched battle Royale, which is not really a horror film. Well, it is in a way, I guess, depending upon your point of view, but it was based on a manga and it's like the hunger games, but better. Um, so it's a Japanese movie about these kids and like this dystopian Japan where, to get like to make sure that the youth stay in line, they like there's a class that gets picked every year that has to basically kill each other on an island to like one person remaining, and then that one person gets you know to live on to adulthood. But like that serves like you know to show the rest of the kids what's going to happen to them if they don't shape up. God damn. And, and you're literally watching these, like, the first part of the movie is a bunch of the kids because they refuse to kill their, their classmates or, like, committing suicide left and right. And um, and then, like, you know, whenever they do kill each other, it's, like, in the most gruesome fashion imaginable. So, I mean, it's a, it's the movie's a lot of that. And it was actually banned in the U.S. whenever it was released because it just so happened to be released at the time that Columbine happened. Um, and America was oh, like, no, nope, yeah. we've, got, we've got our kids killing each other in real life. We're not going to let a movie. Yeah, that. I've heard of this movie, actually. Um, not on a TikTok. I've heard of it way before TikTok was a thing. Well, not way before TikTok was a thing. Uh, how old is this movie? I swear I've heard of this movie. It was late 90s. I okay, believe. so then I did uh, hear before TikTok was a thing. And um, it's entertaining as hell. Yeah. It's, it's, it's got like. If you ever watched, uh, did you ever watch uh, Starship Troopers? Yes. You know that kind of humor they have with it where it's very sarcastic? Yeah. And it's like, they they have that in this movie. Like, at the beginning of it, it's like, make sure that you kill yourself, kids, for the country. You know, like that sort of thing. Like, it's, I mean, it's tongue-in-cheek the whole way through. Yeah. But, I mean, it's, I, I, I enjoyed it. It is very entertaining. I recommend anybody who's... It was even halfway interested in the Hunger Games. Like, watch this because it is so much better than that. Hmm, interesting. 
So if you uh, if you just want a non horror watch, uh, you know that might be one to. It doesn't to kick sound on. like a non horror watch. It sounds pretty horrific, actually. It is in a way, but the way they portray it's more of like an action, like drama movie. Hmm. Okay. So it's it's however you want to take it, I guess. Yeah. But I hear people knocking at the door, so let's get this thing started. Let's let them in. Sometimes I think I'm the only one 